0: Thing is loose, if you don't do a rant at the start then the listeners aren't going to know what's going on they're going to think they've tuned into the wrong podcast they, they could be, but I always play it back through my head, uh, through my uh,
1: speaker and it's always a bit loud at the start I don't like the sound of my own voice that much um, I think it's a bit emasculating towards me actually
0: Yeah, you've got me there, that's a very big word You win <laughs> 5W Football Podcast where we discuss the who, the what, the where, the when and the why of the beautiful game. That was Joe Davis on the guitar for the jingle and I'm Andrew Mitter on the mic. Coming up today... United lose their bottle as Di Maria chucks it back in their face. It's LOLO Zaniolo as Roma slide past Porto. Sancho's not Jaden, although he did forget his passport, making Dortmund a bit delayed. In. But it's not punning that did it for City at the weekend, it's yet more cunning. That's Aguero leaving a very sorry Chelsea. Tottenham are still five off the top, but can Son spur them on again against Dortmund? Will Madrid bail on Gareth now that they've got a junior upstart? And as the Cottagers and Terriers fall closer to the championship trapdoor, we ponder who might join them. All of that and more in this episode of the 5W Football Podcast, of course interspersed with an appropriate amount of trivia. And On the show today, I've got Lewis Steele with me on my right-hand side as ever. Lewis, how are you doing?
1: I'm great as ever, Andrew, but very good uh, opening. Uh, rhyme there I enjoyed every second of it
0: I go mean, we always try and build in a, a kind of new feature each week we don't we do. so um yeah hopefully hopefully it's all right uh, Catherine Batty has repeated her feat of two and two as she did on Instagram competition for players boots and has returned to the podcast studio how are you doing Catherine
2: I'm good thank you Angie. thank you for having me back
0: absolute pleasure absolute pleasure uh, Barney Stevenson who's a little bit tiresome <laughs> and wearisome today <laughs> would you say that's fair
3: yeah, that's completely fair, Andrew.
0: Okay, oh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> um, there's more to come from Barney. Um, okay, let's get straight on with the football. Uh, talk about the football last night, I think. So, Champions League, nice to have it back. I always think it's kind of a, a nice, reassuring presence to have in our lives. Um, Manchester United went down 2-0 to PSG. It was a happy return for Angel Di Maria. Angel Di Maria, a very curious player. I think personally, um, he he was a kind of a sort of favourite player of mine across Europe before he moved um, moved away from Real Madrid. I very much liked him as a, as a central midfielder. Uh, Barney, what what? Where's your stance on on Angel Di Maria? Um,
3: yeah, I think he's a very good player. I think he's I think he's a technically very good player and someone who can do sort of almost anything they want with the ball I think he where he fits into a team is sometimes the problem with Di Maria like we were discussing before it's a little bit hard to know whether he should be played on the wing or in central midfield and he kind of doesn't he almost doesn't quite suit either I think because he's not incredibly fast, is he? But at the same time for a central midfielder, he's sort of quite gangly. Yeah, maybe weak you might even yeah. go
0: as far to say. I mean he got he got shoved into the, the the advertising well it wasn't even the advertising but it was like a railing wasn't it? Um we, we were watching it together weren't we Lewis and we I was a bit worried about um angle because he does look a bit frail and you wonder whether does, that could have yeah. been the end, of, the end of his evening but he um, he came he came back on and um, it seemed to galvanise him
1: Yeah, I had uh, flashbacks of uh, Pedro Mendes when he got, well, Ben Thatcher ploughed into him uh, for City once and he fell into the advertising hoardings and was very worse for wear after but yeah, obviously he came back and he was galvanised uh, there's a good picture going around social media today of him drinking from a bottle of Heineken that was thrown at him um, and very fitting that the advertising hoardings there are actually Heineken. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. Uh, he has had a very strange career. It's pretty ludicrous that he didn't really do it at United. The only real memory I have of him is that chip against Leicester. And yeah, I think they lost that game anyway. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he should have, he's 30 now. I feel like he should have been a lot better than he is. But I still think when he does retire in three or four years, we will look back and think,
0: yeah, what a player he was. Other lager beers, of course, are available. Catherine, you were at Hull City last night. Was there any um, lager being thrown around in the stands there?
2: There wasn't, no. There was just a lot of disgruntled chatter when we threw away a two-goal lead. And um, there wasn't probably enough people there to throw um, beer anyway at any of the players. So, uh,
0: yeah. And at the weekend, Sergio Aguero's up to his usual tricks of of scoring hat-tricks. In his own inimitable way Um he's gone level with Alan Shearer on the all-time list of uh, Premier League hat-tricks with 11 so no doubt he will go and break that record Um Lewis I guess should come to you as the, the Manchester City fan of the room uh, what did you make of it going into that game did you were you confident uh, I wasn't actually at all um, I remember last time we
1: played Chelsea away this season I was I think I was speaking to you the day before and I said I quite fancy us to win and then obviously we went and lost. So I thought this time I'd change the mindset and go in it expecting to lose, which I, I thought Chelsea may have got at least a draw out of us. Um and then obviously we went one 0 up very early through Sterling and Aguero scored. But until then I was a bit angry that he missed a very big chance, but he still managed to score three goals and hit the post and three excellent goals it must be said. Um so yeah, he we aren't going to have the same debate as last week about wh- where he stands in Premier League strikers, but every week it seems at the moment he's staking a claim for that title.
0: Yeah, and he missed that chance early on, didn't he? Um, and he seems to kind of have that knack of just not letting things like that affect him at all, and kind of going on and just putting. The well, he, he
1: was playing almost like he was angry for missing. I I, I don't often see him shooting from that range mm. that he did for his first goal. Um, and I don't think he's allowed, well, obviously he is allowed to, but I think Pep would rather him look for the wingers or a David Silva, or oh, well, he wasn't playing, but more of a De Bruyne and making the late run into the box. Uh, but I think he was angry that he missed out and thought, well, sorry, Pep, but I'm having a go. And then we saw what happened, Kepa uh, didn't get near it.
0: Mm. And that defeat uh, for Chelsea led to the sort of inevitable discussions about Maurizio Sarri's future Um he started pretty well you know you could kind of see his his effect on the team but that seems to have gone downhill rather quickly they seem to be playing without an identity Higuain's come in and to be fair I thought he was actually one of the few bright sparks for Chelsea at the weekend but clearly if your team's gonna ship six goals it's not not much use you know having him at the other end um, Catherine in terms of Chelsea's managers uh, we were discussing before about Frank Lampard maybe being linked with the job um, what what would you do in in that situation? Do you think Chelsea need to maybe change their approach of recent years of, of being a firing club and, and persist with Sarri? Have you seen enough there to to convince you that, that he's worth persisting with or
2: it's, it's tricky? I think Chelsea have gone down that route of panicking before um, when they've had a bad season And they've, I mean, they've not had an awful season, they're just on a bad run. But the problem is, and the problem they've had for a long time, is that the players in that dressing room rule that dressing room. And if they don't like a manager and they're not going to play for him, it's very difficult to then change their mindset. You look at United with Mourinho, even though they were sort of going along still, you know, in and around the top six, but ultimately the players weren't really playing for him. And I think you can kind of see that now at Chelsea with... Sari's criticism after the Bournemouth game publicly of his players was perhaps a mistake as well. But I can't really think of anyone out there at the minute that would look at Chelsea and think that they would want to go that's you know, a relatively big name that could come in and make a huge difference. And I don't know, you look at, you look at Solskjaer at United and I guess, I mean, he'd, he's managed in the Premier League before with Cardiff but obviously took them down. But he had, he had more managerial experience than Lampard has got. You know, he's at Derby, it's his first job. And he's done all right there, but he's not, you know, he's not walked the league or anything like that. So it would be a big step up for him to take that that job on, especially again, like you say, would the players respect him? I, I don't really know what the answer is at Chelsea. I think the players need to kind of have a look at themselves. And I don't know if we'll see Hazard move out the summer and whether they can have sort of a changeover or not. But mm.
0: Just below Manchester City and Liverpool at the top, Tottenham are still, you know, still pushing, still some might say, in the race, and we actually ran a Twitter poll just to, you know, ask people if they think Tottenham are in the title race, and it's interesting that we got 62% of people thought that they weren't, this was before the weekend's game, and they kind of have this habit of just somehow pulling these results out of the bag, people obviously feared for them with Harry Kane's absence, but Youngling Son again, has just proven, you know, he's worth his weight in gold, Barney, and are you are you still behind Tottenham's title charge?
3: I think, yeah, I think they've got a chance, and I think we were saying last night in the pub that um, they've still got Liverpool and Man City to play, and if they win both of those games, they're pretty likely to. Well, they're very likely to get themselves in with a real chance. Um, so yeah, I, I think Spurs are still in it. I, I don't, I, I don't think they will do it, um, because I think their squad with with the champions league as well I, I i don't think their squad is sort of big enough well i don't think there's enough depth in it um and yeah i, I think i think it'll just be a little bit too much for them again this season which is a shame because i think that's really going to be the sort of overarching story of pochettino's tottenham hotspur sides really is that they're they always kind of overachieve and always keep themselves in the title
0: race, but never quite do it. Yeah. In the Championship on Friday night, Aston Villa launched a spirit of Late comeback against Sheffield United, overturning a 3-0 deficit to draw that game. And meanwhile, in the Premier League, Aaron Ramsey's finally off to Juventus. It's been announced. Obviously, we've been expecting this for quite a while, but I think the thing that really caught a lot of people's attention was their the weekly wage which has been cited as £400,000 a week um, there was Gabriel Marcotti afterwards who's a, an Italian football journalist offered a bit of insight in saying that these wages that are quoted from the Serie A are often, you know they don't fully take into account what the net, net wage is it's very much a gross figure so it, it may well be quite a bit less but I think the point here is that Juventus were willing to offer a lot more money than Arsenal would um, to Ramsey and that's a lot of the reason why he's gone there uh, Lewis, Aaron Ramsey how good do you think he is? Um, that is a very good question because I never know
1: the answer um, because he's shown flashes of brilliance over the last, well I think the the biggest one was at was 13-14 that season um, where he sort of came into the side, he was sort of just an outcast maybe, get a few cup appearances, that sort of uh, thing and I think there's a few injuries maybe Santi Cazola Cazor may have got injured, I can't really remember who uh, and Wenger put his trust in him and Ramsey was probably the best player in the league up until he got his injury that season uh, and Arsenal really looked like they could mount a serious title challenge for the first time in nearly a decade at the time um, but he's not really done that much since then and I, I don't really know why but then also in that Juve midfield I think he could have a really he could really succeed with the likes of Ronaldo, uh, Paulo Dybala, Douglas Costa, those sort of players in front of him, I think he could really do well at Juventus.
0: Brilliant. In the Champions League tonight, we've got a really exciting heavyweight European clash of Ajax and Real Madrid, and then we've also got Tottenham and Borussia Dortmund. Um, Ajax, Real Madrid, what, what do we think generally around the room? Could offer any predictions, what would you go for, Catherine, on that?
2: it's an interesting one because i've not watched much of either team i know madrid haven't been doing particularly well this season they do kind of just have a tendency to pull it out the back in the champions league um even you saw in the group stage the way that you know they managed to get themselves through um i like i said, i don't know an awful lot about ajax um is it who's at home
0: ajax ajax at home
2: yeah. i mean they'll be looking for a result to take to the bernabeu I
0: yeah they've got good young players um Frankie de Jong who's obviously going to, to Barca so there's an opportunity there to kind of you know get him, get himself uh, popular with the Barcelona faithful and that uh, they delete the centre back mm. has he gone anywhere yet? not yet No. I, so, no. I watched Ajax
1: they are yeah um, as like a long term company replacement yeah. I don't think it happened because of the Stones and Laporte duopoly but I watched Ajax um, three weeks ago they played Feyenoord in like uh, one of their big rivalries over in Holland at the keep or whatever it's called the stadium and the final basically played them off the park they won I can't remember what the full-time score was I think it was 5-2 um, and um, Van Persie scored a double and I don't think on evidence there that um, Ajax can get anything from Madrid
0: yeah and then in the Tottenham Dortmund game Jaden Sancho is coming to Wembley which is exciting in itself. He's doing very, very well. And I've personally been getting a little bit frustrated with kind of the language that's being used in in the, you know, constantly saying that he's so good for a young player. I just think he's really good for any age player. You know, he, the things he's doing is magnificent. Like, he's he's up there with Dortmund's real key players, you know, alongside Royce. Um, I just find it a little bit frustrating that we're always talking about him getting better. Um, and I think, Barney, we were having a discussion yesterday about... I think I said to you, can he get that much better? You what? What does he do to to get better? Yeah, I I think
3: I think you're right. I think sort of technically, anyway, he's he's the player he's probably always going to be. Um, I think. Well, we were saying, weren't we, that we think he should probably have another season in the Bundesliga before he gets a move to either the Premiership or La Liga. I think um, I think that what maybe he the way he can maybe improve as a player is just that thing of kind of um, having experience so decision making and discipline and that sort of thing can can improve and uh, I guess that um, you know he can sort of just be polished that little bit before he makes a big move and I th- I think it would be too soon for him to go to. You know, If he went to a top six club or went to Barca or Real, I think he would find himself struggling to get into uh, the starting eleven, And I think he'd probably come under quite a lot of criticism then. Um, and uh, I don't think that would
1: really be good for him or his development as a footballer.
0: Because there there's a buyback clause, isn't there, Lewis, that Manchester City have?
1: There, is, There is a buyback clause. I don't know the uh, intricacies of it. I don't know how much it is. I know that when we sold him there's certainly a buyback clause and the first refusal sort of thing Um, the thing with him is I don't think he's better at this current time than either Sterling or Sane Um, whether he can be better I don't know Um, I think maybe it will take maybe Sane to maybe a Bayern Munich to come in for him and we'd look for Sancho as a replacement for him Sancho and Sterling on the wings would be very very good uh, but I think if he was going to go anywhere, I know that he grew up as a Chelsea fan, so it could be if Hazard does go to Real Madrid at long last, it could be that could be the place he goes.
0: And if Hazard does go to Real Madrid, that will also impact Gareth Bale, who continues to be in the headlines. at uh, The weekend, he did come off the bench and score, but I guess the point is that he, he is still coming off the bench a lot of the time. That was his 100th goal for Real Madrid since moving there back in 2013. And I think it's fair to say he's had a kind of strange time over in Spain. Um, He doesn't seem to ever have been fully taken to the hearts of of Real Madrid fans. They've always kind of warmed more to the Spanish stars like Isco and and Asensio, and increasingly now the young Brazilian starlet Vinicius Junior, um, who who started ahead of him at, at the weekend. Um, Gareth Bale Catherine I mean when he was in England he was kind of my, my last memories of him are, are in that season 2012 13 where he kind of he seemed to score a different version of the same goal over and over again he um, it would invariably be from outside the box he kind of just shift it onto his left foot and then just arrow it across the body of the goalkeeper into into either corner um, do you think he's lived up to expectations at Real Madrid
2: I think it's been hard for him because when he went there, obviously Ronaldo was there, and I think as soon as he signed, I think Ronaldo's wage increased because they'd given Bale this new contract, and it was like Ronaldo still needs to be the highest-paid player. And when you've when as a fan group, you've already got like such a fan favourite as Ronaldo, and he is you know either the best player in the world or the second best player in the world at the time. It's very difficult for Gareth Bale to go in and sort of take over that um, role really. And he was never really gonna do that while Ronaldo was there. And Ronaldo's only just left and Bale's sort of, he's been there for, as they say, quite a while now. Um, I remember actually seeing him when he first we first came on the scene with Southampton. I think they beat us 4-1 in the championship or something, he scored a free kick. Um, and I think it's just been difficult for him because I think to be fair, he has achieved quite a lot, Real Madrid. He's got, you could say yeah. 100 goals isn't bad. And I think
0: he's, he must have won four champions. I yeah. <laughs> say
3: four Champions League British. and La Liga. <laughs> However
2: many. I mean, if that Tom goal goal last year had been scored at another club, maybe I think we'd still be. And I don't think that goal's talked about enough, to be honest, because it was so good. It I did, agree. It
3: didn't win the goal yeah. of the. It didn't win the no. FIFA Push. Pass award Did it? I don't understand how it's no. possible that it didn't win yeah. that. Really. There's,
0: there's so many remarkable aspects to that. For one, I completely agree. I think it's absolutely incredible goal. Obviously, I was watching that final in Anfield actually, as obviously as a Liverpool fan, but it was. I was absolutely just flabbergasted, but also at the same time, like if, if that's the goal that you know. I think it's the best to, goal I've ever yeah. seen. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. Um, but I, I after that game, after getting over the defeat and whatever, I thought that is that's excellent because no one can argue with that, and surely he's now got the perfect platform to go on and become the you know the Ronaldo figure. But it just doesn't quite seem to have worked out for him and. One of the things I heard the other day, apparently Zidane didn't speak to him at all after after that. <laughs> and, yeah, people <laughs> made jokes like, oh, he's been on stage with with that goal he scored against by Leverkusen and back in like two thousand and two. Um but maybe that maybe that's been a factor in it. And also that he's apparently only has done one full interview in Spanish while he's been out in Spain. Um which I was kind of under the impression that he he was speaking Spanish and I he always seems to be getting on quite well with Modric, but Apparently he isn't, you know, fully integrated there and, you know, kind of at odds with parts of the media and things like that, which seems to have had an impact. But this kid, um, Vinicius Junior, um, I personally don't know a lot about him and I don't think generally we do in England. I remember when he was announced as a signing, I think it was about forty million pounds had paid for for a sixteen year old, which is unprecedented and I think still is unprecedented. But I think it's quite encouraging in some ways that Often when these really young players get signed, like even going back to, you know, the Premier League over the last few years, we've seen it increasingly with like fifteen year old lads. I think Liverpool, for example, took Jordan Ive from like Wickham when he was fifteen. Um, it seems like too young and how do you judge at that level of, of development? But it seems to be paying off with um, with Vinicius Jr. And I guess it's in, encouraging from that aspect. Um, I think it's interesting to try and compare it maybe to to our you know, to the likes of Sancho and and Rashford, do you think maybe they value him a little bit higher, Barney, because he's Brazilian? Do you think there's an element of... Um, this? Because it always feels like Real Madrid maybe have that nostalgia with Brazilian players, thinking back to maybe Roberto Carlos, Ronaldo, obviously, which is interesting because um, the Spanish journalist Guillaume Balagay, as we were talking about before, Lewis mentioned that, he compared him as being a mixture of both Ronaldos, which I think is a, a slightly strange thing to say yeah. to about an 18-year-old that's only made a handful of appearances, but that he's a mixture of those two players. But I, I feel like there may be a bit of... they like Brazilian players, basically. What, what do you think about that idea? Do you think that maybe has any credence?
3: Yeah, I think it does, yeah. I think um, in general, um, there's probably a bit of a thing of if you Brazilian... Um, you've almost maybe got a, I don't know you valued a little bit higher, as in like financially. Have you got maybe a slightly higher value just for being Brazilian and therefore you know supposedly having that kind of footballing gene or something? Um, I think uh, I think the the sort of double Ronaldo comparison is very bizarre. There's a, I I was watching a few clips of him earlier. I can't see anything of. Cristiano in it, um, I can see a little bit more of. I can see the sort of way that he moves is slightly similar to Brazilian Ronaldo, a sort of young Brazilian Ronaldo when he was skinny. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think he, he, he does look a good player. I I, I don't think. Um, Do you have him at Hull? <laughs> mm, I don't know, we do have Grusicki on the left wing, so I mean, I'd I'd have him on yeah. the bench. Who <laughs> plays on the yeah, bench? Yeah. Wouldn't the whole, whole faithful
0: take Carly to a Brazilian? You've had good Brazilians. Oh,
3: we've got Evandro. I was going to say, yeah. have we only had Giovanni? Is it only Giovanni and Evandro? Good question. I've opened oh, I've yeah. It's so anyone I can think of. Yeah. I mean, really he actually. Been. He's not a million miles away from the way Giovanni plays. Actually, he looks a relatively similar yeah. style player <laughs> to Giovanni. We do it on a Chief United
2: Stone <laughs> because Giovanni well, can do it. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So uh, no, I think I think he's got a long way to go before he's kind of considered a world class player. He's, uh, I mean, Mbappe's got two years on him, hasn't he? But he's he's
0: um, certainly not at that level yet. I'm more excited about Sancho, to be honest, forgetting the nationality yeah. thing. Um, we have a question, um, which we will answer as as the end of of part one, and then we'll have a little break and return for part two. Um, this is from Tom Griff on Twitter, who asks us: Your team has a free kick in the ninetieth minute. You can choose a current or past player. Who are you putting on it, and why, Lewis? Oh, um,
1: there's a few that I could choose from. Um, obviously, I'm gonna steer away from the obvious. The uh, Roberto Carlos' and Ronaldinho's and those sort of players. But I might stick with a Brazilian and go with Elano, uh, uh, obviously the ex-City midfielder. He he had the, a very strange technique of striking free kicks. He almost got over the ball and it like carried a bit like Roberto Carlos, but it also had like the the placement aspect of maybe a Yaya Torre sort of free kick. Um, I'm trying to think of like lower leagues because there's always you always find the player in like League One Championship who's amazing at free kicks. Like Harry Wilson is now. Uh, Jason Kumas I always remember was very good at uh, free kicks. There was a player who a uh, Crew had called Billy Jones, not the Billy Jones from Sunderland, a different Billy Jones, left back. He scored a hat trick of free kicks away at Brighton once. Wow. Um, he was a very good player. One might have been a penalty actually. May have done him a disservice so yeah he was very good um and obviously but but realistically if i had like to pick I go with uh cristiano ronaldo uh for his free kicks back in the united days were pretty special and also there's a uh, Quintera, the river plate player he scored a very that good one this weekend
0: that was very good from a kind of yeah, a yeah. improbable angle where you're always yeah, across yeah. It and he kind of just mm. fired it near post didn't he? i've always
1: took a, a liking into Quintera. I, I i very much like enjoyed watching him at the world cup This. This uh, last summer, um,
0: he scored the winner in the Copa stores final as well, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he's a very good, a very good player. He's um, he's on loan from Porto, and from watching him, I can't see why they'd want to loan him out.
0: Yeah, well, they lost yesterday. Um, they they could have yeah. yeah. used him, I think. Um, Catherine, any free kick? Uh, Personal
2: favourites of yours? Yeah, I mean, Hull have signed a few players over the year that have been deemed as free kick specialists and have failed to produce any special free kicks. Um, we've had Robert Snodgrass over; um, he was he, he had a couple of good ones. I, I was saying to Barney earlier, I was like, you, you kind of thought he was going to score every time we got a free kick, he was going to score, so it was maybe overhyped a little bit. Um, you might not have heard of this guy, Andy Dawson, brother of Michael, was very good at free kicks for Hull. Um, Left footer, uh, used to just curl them in. Um, remember watching him when I was younger and but I think I'd have to go with Beckham just because um, he scored that one that made us qualify for the World Cup and I remember um, specifically watching it because my dad was watching it and I was sort of in because I was actually quite young at the time still but I didn't really gr- I was sort of just grasping what was going on my mum's Scottish and she was just not happy that Beckham scored <laughs> um, and we had a couple of friends around and they were all laughing at her um, and I just remember her just being really angry so i just have to go for beckham on that I'm, basis i'm glad
0: you said Beckham because i was thinking he kind of gets lost in the argument doesn't he just because of i guess everything he's done outside of football uh barney
3: i'd go with beckham as well um yeah sorry to copy catherine mm. but i think mm. great i think he's the greatest set piece taker of all time probably
0: mm. uh, i i want to mention janino of leon yeah um I, per- I personally think he's the best i think
3: you can... His were maybe it. harder to save, yeah. but I'd he say... Scored I scored
0: like 75, I think, yeah, did for Leon. I think he did score the most.
3: Also, high. maybe, should be honorary mentions for Schillivert and Senny. The, the goal
0: Harry Wilson, I think mm. you've got to mention as well, because of how many he scored yeah. this year in the Championship. I always thought Suarez was very good at them at Liverpool. Actually, mm-hmm. he had this thing where he could like go round the side of the wall. He did it against City. There
1: was a time last night in the game, we, the PSG game for United. Uh, PSG, sorry, got a free kick right on the edge. Danny Alves ended up taking yeah. it. And it was a pretty awful free kick. Are yeah. we saying maybe if Mbappe could sort of mm. bring that into his game, the free kicks he could really?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I think Rashford's kind of add, yeah. added did that in. And we again mentioned this in relation to Sancho. Like, if he can kind of add something else to his game like mm. just thinking to how um, Ronaldo as well you know when he was in England he just almost decided I'm gonna make myself really good in the air and mm. he went off and made himself incredible you know in the air if he could do something like that Um, you know I like got a little tool to his box and you know, well, Messi
1: push. sort of taught himself the, the art of the free kick taken mm. in the last five years yeah which he didn't really have um, until then and he's, he's very good and he scored a very he good one last
2: season
0: against
1: Atletico Gareth yeah.
2: Bale as well mentioned earlier mm. scored quite a few for yeah. Wales as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. Um Baines at one point was quite reliable at them for Everton. He scored two in one game, I just remember against West Ham. Um but yeah, that's free kicks, and that will do for part one. Hey, this is Karen from 5W Interrupting, what I'm sure is an excellent podcast, with a PSA on Hakeem Al Arabi, who we talked about a little bit on the podcast last week, and who's also the subject of an article on our website. Hakeem was finally released from Thai jail this week, having spent a few months there um, under very, very dodgy legal grounds. Um, It's thanks to a great many number of people that he has been released, um, and it's absolutely nothing to do with us, but we wanted to just thank anyone who did make an effort to get him released, whether that be uh, online or signing a petition or whatever. Um, It's great to see him released, and it's an absolute testament to the fact that football and the fans of football have a great power to make change. Welcome back to part two of the 5W football podcast. We're starting off part two with a quiz. Um, The way this is going to work is my lovely panel have got a question each to ask us and we're going to start with Catherine.
2: Yes, so I came across this question the other day. Uh, I have like a little football calendar where you rip off a piece of paper each day and it gives you a different question. So um, the question is, two teams, two English um, teams in the Football League that are not named after a place?
1: Port Vale. That I didn't, I didn't them, know where yeah. we were going. Uh, Port Vale <laughs> um, and English or Scottish as well?
2: English, because in Scotland there's quite a few.
1: Uh, I want to say Everton but I'm not sure. Ah, so. Is it not Everton? Arsenal is right. Arsenal, Arsenal and Port, Port Vale, yeah. We'll have one mark each yeah, I'm happy with that. I would have got Port
3: Vale as See, well. I didn't know where I didn't know we're Yeah,
1: but
2: I knew one was in League Two and I my guess would have been Forest Green, but apparently that is.
1: Yeah, well Port Vale's in Port Burslem, Burslem which is yeah. a very And you are Port Vale alumni as well, aren't you so. Well, yeah. Well, it's from it's well, it's a very horrible area of Stoke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so <our best laughs> I don't want to defame Port Vale and they're horrible, but I'll, I'll move on to my question.
2: I've actually played at Port Vale's ground just a Vail side ball.
1: fact, not nicely. One of the I biggest pitchers in the UK, I think. So my question is: PSG played Manchester United in the Champions League last night, Tuesday night. Um, I, there's five possible marks uh, for yeah, five possible marks of players that have played for both PSG and Manchester United. I
3: <laughs> Gabrielle Heinzer Angle Di Maria David Beckham two
0: <sighs> Very confident start Yeah I know oh, yeah. It's because
3: I looked at some last night and I was like yeah I should have thought of them Um,
1: It's a very ob- Ibrahimovic one, quite, Ibrahimovic yeah, yeah. How obvious is the next one? No this one's hard I, I wouldn't have got this one There is okay, one There is one see. that I think you could have got that is wrong. What? Which is Laurent Blanc, who managed PSG and played right, for the United. Yeah, mm. yeah that makes such a, a mistake. Incorrect.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, anyone else got any? No, you? No. I think if we, um yeah. wait a minute, let me just can we have a
2: have they played would for nationality
3: it? totally give it away? He's dead.
2: Mm. <laughs> who else did they play for? Any notable. Um teams?
1: he played for Chelsea. He played for obviously United, PSG, Queens Park Rangers. Oh, it's not Ray Wilkins. It is Ray yeah. Wilkins. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. That was really the. Unless
2: yeah. b- yeah. you played for United and yeah. Chelsea. Yeah.
3: Good answer, that Catherine. Well done. I think that beats all. Nice first <laughs> four. Really. I needed like a little bit of
2: yeah. help to actually get the answer. No, That's
3: good though.
1: I wouldn't have got Ray Wilkins. He also played for Rangers, AC Milan. Oh, AC Milano. Yeah. Eh, Crystal Palace, Millwall, He's yeah, Hibernian, he's been everywhere.
0: You were very confident there, Barney, weren't you? But I know, fun yeah. Fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm happy with
0: four the four. I'm
3: decent. particularly happy with Gabriel Heinzer, Mm I would I didn't
0: realise he played for PSG. Maybe Pochettino maybe. in the future. Maybe. 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 maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so actually. But uh and then we've got Barney's question.
3: Um if I'm afraid we don't. Can you not make one up? Fine. I can I can make you a real quick one up if you want But someone, wanna, <laughs>
0: Does someone, someone wanna stick on it instead.
3: Can you name all uh, the two Welsh players who've previously played
1: for Venice? Yeah, Ian Rush John and Charles. Yeah. Well done. John Charles. Good stuff. <laughs>
0: hopefully I've, I've been hopefully Barney up has, has a more challenging <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, very good Uh, moving on to the next topic we mentioned the Heineken advertising boardings uh, at the start of the programme, Eagle-Eyed Low Steel spotted them just wanted to have a quick chat about strange footballing sponsors, Everton had Angry Birds, or I think they still do have Angry Birds on their shirt this season Um, weird and wonderful sponsors of football teams competitions Um, Catherine
2: yeah, I've got, obviously, two Hull City ones, um, which I might have stolen, uh, which you know, might steal what Barney might say. But um, the obvious one is cash converters. Um, it's just not a nice logo you want to have with your shirt, really. Like, is no, it, fa- it thankfully, it's not that anymore. It did, although one of the good things about it was we had the cash converters challenge at half-time uh, at home <laughs> games for quite a while, which was quite entertaining. Because a lot of the time, it involved like fans... It was two fans competing against each other it used to be like a home fan and away fan and they had these like you know like the bubble footballs like they, they weren't the ones where people went inside but they had to like kick it to the halfway line and then go back and then score with this massive like bubble football and it was quite entertaining I quite a lot of people fell over as well I think you had to like there was they did other ones where you had to like spin round and it was um so apart apart from it not being a particularly nice logo, that was that was quite entertaining. And then we also had Flamingoland. Um I think Middlesbrough had Flamingoland as well. But mm. it again it just looked a bit odd on the shirts Have you been to Flamingoland? I have been to Flamingo it's right, Land. Isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah, and I'm we got um discount if, if if we showed our season pass. Oh really? Fun. Yeah, Did that also buy a cash company? <laughs> 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 yeah. I had to go
0: to
3: casualty after a school trip to
2: Land. Oh, I have heard this
0: story actually. tell
3: away. Um, I, well, long story short, I cracked my chin open. Chin? Mm. I, I've never Can heard. You say, is I've there a patch there, there, there
0: where I've sort of got? Yeah, threats. there is a little bit mm. less. Beard. A little dent in your yeah. beard fade. If, you if you want to hear more about Barney's beard fade, then please do. Yeah, get in touch with four me. Of yeah. the five. I football I Podcast Possibly episode five. Listen to them both just to be sure. Um, and he gives some more details on it there, but carry on, Barney. Sorry. Um, no, but, well, basically, yeah, that's it. I,
3: I had to have stitches and...
0: I've never heard it. of the concept of cracking a chin open. I mean, it's plausible, right? Mean, yeah, not I haven't. It, it like... was...
3: There was just a, a lot of blood. What, um guess where, I hit an artery often. Were you on a ride? No, I wasn't on a ride. Um, How does it happen? <laughs> <laughs> I was being chased by my friend. And uh, it was around the time of, um do you remember when George Sampson was in Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. yeah. He
1: he did uh, did yeah. he
2: it? He
3: it, yeah. Did, it? did he? He yeah. yeah. did, and then he was an do
1: actor who was on yeah. that Wally Road. Road. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Strange. I don't, it was remember,
3: yeah. I don't remember that. But Do you remember, do you remember he used to swing round a lamppost? Yes. Yeah. Well, I did a like lesser version of that. I obviously couldn't do that. But I sort of you know, swang around the lamppost. Were you a
0: bit of a, a wannabe George Sampson back in the day? Because I don't he looks, like he? I, he does, yeah. He don't look like
3: George Sampson at <laughs> all. You didn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just inaccurate. Um. <laughs> 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 we got upset by this these things, is Yeah. yeah. An- anyway, was- yeah, I, uh, I sort of went around the lamppost and, uh, and slipped. My chin.
1: it's quite unfortunate actually. Mm.
0: Mm. very upsetting very yeah upsetting. very upset very upsetting indeed um, spon- and we man. were talking about the league cup as well weren't we about how the you know the various incarnations of that like Carling cup um, <laughs> yeah.
1: capital yeah. one mm. did they have were are we back back on sponsors mm. milk yeah, yeah. Mm. they're sponsored yeah. by milk it top
0: of that
3: is it pleasure uh, treasure island possibly yeah yeah
0: it's like the Unibon the Unibon League back down there in the in, in non-league football mm. underneath yeah. the the conference. Well, it yeah, used to be the conference. Then Blue Square, Blue Square yeah. came in, didn't they? <laughs> well, no, no, one, the... no one knew what Blue Square was until they started. <laughs> yeah, talking. there was
1: also the Johnson's Paint and the yeah. LDV Vans Trophy. Yeah. Right, you've had a few. Well, the Championship used to be ones. the Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola yeah. yeah, yeah, I like those. Yeah, yeah, those were It's like SkyBet now. Yeah, SkyBet. Do you remember the championship? We don't think we don't. Um, it was like it was called oh, the Championship. Yeah, it was called the Championship. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pokapies, you, you And uh, the the theme tune was a uh, Beautiful Day.
2: I've got a funny story about this actually.
1: Go on.
2: When it was back like when Hull were in League Two and I'd gone to Hull v Mansfield away in the Peter Taylor promotion season and it was like one <laughs> of the first it was one of the first <laughs> like it was the first season I'd started going to away games and we won every game and I was only about like five or six. And because we won most weeks, I just accepted that we won every game and we didn't lose. <laughs> so when we lost, I used to get very upset. I used to cry. And um, <laughs> we played Mansfield away, and they were sort of in the playoffs, and we were obviously in the top, like the top two at the top three at the time. And um, we we lost one 0 when Liam Lawrence scored, I was and obviously, say Liam obviously the wall went down. And I started crying, and um, <laughs> the guy behind my dad said, "Is she crying? Cause we lost, or cause she has to come next week?" And anyway, we didn't so I didn't think about it until the next day, and then we're watching like the champ, like that you know the highlights program, and they honed in on my face crying <laughs> after this defeat. And then it was like I don't even know, you know there was some whole fans that weren't very happy, and I was that child crying in the crowd. That's and it. then at the end of the program, they did the credits, and they were like, "Cheer up and have a nice day," and it was just made my face with That's tears. That's amazing. That is very mm-hmm. good. It yeah. was it was quite sad. I was quite traumatized as yeah. a child, but imagine. It's Liam Lawrence. Lawrence.
0: Yeah. Liam Lawrence always scored against us, yeah. A yeah, worthy, you know, proper, proper like, to fame. Yeah. 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 figure of my nightmare, yeah. <laughs> Liam, <Lauren. laughs> Liam Lawrence. Liam
2: Lawrence Ricardo against Fuller. us for
3: Stoke as well, didn't yeah. But he? Sco- yeah, he a very good goal, Every
2: year we went up, he went up with a different team <laughs> and scored against us.
3: And, and we, we should ban whole City chat. Listeners,
0: <laughs> please please let us know what you think about this whole City chat. If you want us to eliminate it completely then? We'll remove these people... I don't know
3: why we didn't sign Liam Lawrence.
2: Yeah, I always wondered the same. I we
3: think. would have We've won kind of we would have well. won the Premier League at some point in the last ten years if we'd signed Liam Lawrence. I
0: yeah, I think that's a yeah. completely yeah. That's feasible. Yeah. Yeah. He was very good at Stoke, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah. He was probably good at yeah. set pieces, probably. He, I think he, he was, was bit yeah. Bit.
1: But what was he sponsored by? Because we're talking about sponsors, not Liam Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have a good. I, I found a. I found some very good sponsors actually. Have oh, yeah. uh, you? Doing a bit of research. Yes, while, uh, while we've been listening to. I remembered. To I remembered uh, a Brighton sponsor. They're sponsored by uh, f- you know Fatboy Slim the DJ. Well, yeah. They're sp- no. sponsored by his record label Skint. Which wow. is very unfortunate because they didn't have a ground at the time and they nearly went into administration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're playing it like an athletics track. Uh, they're sponsored by Skint. And then for one uh, game they're sponsored by his upcoming album, Palookaville. Um, for, for one game against Sheffield United, which is very, very odd really, uh, to be sponsored by an album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: fat Boy slim Was in the house Martins, yeah. University yeah. of Hull. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> just. That, that I think all. he obviously is back. a Brighton
1: <laughs> fan. <laughs> they didn't just think, oh, this guy's a good DJ. Let's uh, let's get his album mm-hmm. as our sponsor. I think yeah. he is a Brighton fan. I think he did maybe do some sort of DJ set in their promotion season, uh, which is quite good. If you think of other, <laughs> if you think of other <laughs> clubs that have like their spiritual. Music artist, yeah. mm. uh, I don't know who Hulls is, but obviously, the House House Martins, House. Yeah. Leicester did, Kasabian did a gig at the King Power. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Oasis, when they were still together, did a few things at the Etihad. Um, and that obviously, United have had Stone Roses, Oli Merch. Newcastle
2: have had a few weird sponsors. Do you know, that shirt would have had Newcastle beer or something. Brown ale. Brown, uh, yeah. brown ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, nice. Northern it. Rocks. I remember because yeah, when Northern cause Rocks went down, out <laughs> <yeah. Yeah. laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. there was like a video on the news of everyone queuing up outside yeah, no, Northern that. Rock didn't they take and it there was a few. Yeah, yeah. Shirt, yeah. they also had um, Wonga didn't they the, the loan the company Blackpool did yeah. as well yeah. yeah
2: what was the West Ham one where they had to cover uh, their logo up one time there's, I remember there was been a game like they had their and sponsors and they had to like cover it up for a game. Yeah. Like I remember
0: we had to. We used to have Carlsberg for many years, mm. Liverpool, and when we went to Europe, particularly in France, you had to. We they took it off and they just played mm. without one because mm. it's banned in France. I think it is. Well, I think it is in the Premier League now as well. Mm. It does just apply I think it isn't normal.
1: European games, isn't it? What, You're not allowed be- to sell beer. At, um, Champions League. That's
3: a bit hip hypocritical in it when Heineken sponsor yeah. the champion so it's a bit like it's, well, so it's all right for you, yeah. you it for it's all of the question
0: mm-hmm. i guess isn't it the hypocrisy of football and governance yeah, um, is, maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll i like
1: referring it. to competitions by their sponsor okay. you know, like oh it's been a brilliant night of gazprom action tonight <laughs> yeah. if you start doing that you just have a brilliant time really.
0: there was an interesting thing with the premier league because it's obviously the ball <laughs> plays premier league um Someone had compiled a video of how certain managers always seem to try to mention Barclays in the post-match interviews. Roy Hodgson was one, which is a bit surprising. <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd be like, that that's what happens in, in the Barclays Premier League, Right, you know, if you Barclays <laughs> Premier League... It's, it's a bit, a bit I can you imagine Roy Hodgson saying that as well? <laughs> yeah, like, look it up. There's, um, there's a nice video of it. Um, I'll try and find it and maybe share it on Twitter. Uh, moving on, we have a question from regular question contributor, utility ram or Ute. as we call him, you <laughs> <on a Ute. laughs> <laughs> um, and he asks us, do you think Paul Scholes has played safe going to Oldham? And should he have taken a bigger risk like his arch enemy Stephen Gerrard did going to Rangers? Um, Barney. Um,
3: should he have taken a bigger risk? Uh, no I think I think it's quite an appropriate um, move it's his boyhood club innit it and um i don't think i'm i'm not a big fan of of sort of players being given huge jobs without any experience really i think that um i think you know oldham is a good level for him to be starting at, i, I wasn't particularly inspired by his um sort of first few interviews at Oldham he, didn't seem to have much insight he was basically just saying that the sort of uh the the football's the same at every single level and that the basic p- principles apply and it's a bit like well yeah but is that all you've got paul so um yeah i think i think it's a reasonable appointment but
0: um, i'm not overly excited by it yeah it doesn't i don't know he doesn't fill me with the most inspiration uh, yeah. generally maybe not the most obviously charismatic of individuals but
2: um anything to add catherine um I, I always go back to the steve bruce comment of when he was very upset when he got sacked by sunderland because he said he wasn't given a fair chance he said oh this is why you manage like the holes and the wiggins to get like the, the jobs of sunderland <laughs> um and it's kind of like paul schools he's got i feel like he's got managed like the oldums to get like a rather than i think gerard and lampard have been very lucky and been given big jobs straight away um didn't work for gary neville at valencia didn't, I mean, Phil Neville, I know he's got the England women's national job, but um, he didn't really get on very well at Valencia either, so um, Ryan Giggs as well going to Wales is, um, I don't know, I think, you look at Sol Campbell's in at Macclesfield, he's doing he's trying to do a steady job there without much money. Um, Very, very bad team yeah.
3: yeah. I, I don't think we're going to remember Paul Scholes for his managerial career as opposed to his football and playing career
1: yeah I'd like to know nice how it's up. how they are yeah. differentiated you know because obviously Gerard and Lampard have got Rangers and Derby you could probably say they're similar sort of level mm. and then obviously Zidane who is probably a similar player got Real Madrid job um I want to know what they what it is in the interview sort of stage that puts them ahead because they're all club legends of their clubs in their own right um and obviously Gerard has been probably linked with Liverpool jobs in the past. Uh, maybe before Jurgen came in, obviously Pep got the Barca job as well. I, th- I want to know what it is. stand I, some I
0: always think there's like a kind of a predestined path though. In the next 15 years, Steven Gerrard will be the manager of Liverpool, I think, and I think over the next 15 years, Frank Lampard will be the manager of Chelsea at some point. I'm not saying it will be successful, <laughs> but the way it's looking at the moment, even though they haven't been managers for long, I I don't think they have to do that much to. Then elevate themselves into the position of, of being manager. Um, the Zidane thing's interesting I feel like it's slightly different in that that was a really unique dressing room at the time. He you know, was going into a this, this side full of, you know, they'd all won the Champions League already and they just kind of needed someone to respect in quite a difficult dressing room. But no, it's it's an interesting question. With, with Guardiola and uh, Zidane there, they
3: both put in the time um, at youth level, didn't they? And, and if you look at Solskjaer as well, he was manager of the reserves at United for I don't know how many years but for quite a while I think and I think a lot of I mean I don't know why but it seems like a a lot of that sort of golden generation of English players maybe aren't willing to spend the time sort of on you know behind the scenes putting in the sort of graft as a reserve team coach and sort of building their way up and that they just want, they want to be in the hot seat
2: Remember immediately. Though? Frank does do research, doesn't spy on teams, but he does do a lot of research.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, it's a good point. I think maybe Lampard and Gerrard particularly at the end of their careers, Gerard was playing in quite a young team particularly. I think maybe he started to think like a manager um, in the later stage of his career he's particularly talked about Brendan Rodgers and praised his like man management I think Rodgers was a young manager and then you've got Gerard as the old player such a linchpin of the side and I think Rodgers talked through what he was doing with Gerard, perhaps at more on more of a managerial level than on a manager to captain mm. level and I think that maybe helped Gerrard to think like a manager earlier on with Lampard Seemingly the most intelligent midfielder that's ever existed because he's written a few children's books. Um, I imagine he was also doing the same earlier on as well. But I think the same thing applies in that he was an older player at at Chelsea. Maybe not the same thing with a a younger team, but he started to play less. And when you are playing less and maybe being on the bench more, having been playing for years and years, you maybe do get that advantage of looking at it more like a manager. Um, So Maybe that's relevant. Um, I'd like to think that it is. Uh, Gerrard did a bit in the under-18s at Liverpool, but mm. certainly I don't think as much as Guardiola and um, and Zidane.
2: Both Lampard and Gerrard went to America as well, so they maybe had a bit of time
0: mm. there yeah, with their influence, right. less experienced
2: yeah. players.
1: That's, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's very good point. Mm. Any thoughts on that, please? Uh Yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying about Gerard, I think his last two... Maybe three seasons he was taking almost a managerial role on the pitch. I think, I think I saw something about you know when Suarez nearly went to Arsenal yeah. uh, for forty million and one pound or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was Gerard who convinced Suarez to stay for another season. Obviously, Suarez had an incredible season. I think he won Player of the Year and nearly won Liverpool the league, but didn't. Yeah, um, yeah I think Gerard had a very um, big part in that um, and yeah Guardiola obviously spent a lot of time traveling around the world he, he played in Qatar and Mexico just just having sampling different footballs and
0: yeah yeah we got another question as well um, which comes from path in Dali on Twitter who asks do you think high-profile managers like Guardiola and Klopp would succeed at a club like Burnley? Limited budget, limited wages for the players, but the goal is just to avoid relegation. On the flip side, how good will Dyche do at City? Makes <laughs> it like sound like Dice sound signed the <laughs> contract at City. There, someone less like Pep. No, I don't know what to think. Lewis, you like this kind of thing. You're you're into Guardiola. Guardiola's been mentioned in the first line. I'll come to you first.
1: Um, I think. Guardiola at Burnley well but Burnley is what makes it awkward for me because I just don't like Burnley if if they said someone like Bournemouth or Mm -hmm. something like that I think Guardiola would maybe get them to 7th in the league Um, and also they'd be able to attract players like people would be like I'm going to go and play for Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp how would Deitch do at City I think he'd finish 6th I just think he wouldn't be able to get the best out of the likes of Bernardo, silva so the younger sort of players. Um, it's a very, str- it's a very good question, but it's also a very strange thing to imagine. Sean Dyche in the Manchester City dugout. Um, yeah, I think it would be a very strange scenario, and I'd, I'd like to erase that from my imagination forever.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough, Catherine.
2: Didn't, didn't Sean Dyche get Burnley to seventh?
1: He did get burned <laughs> into seventh, yeah, he did. So Pep could equal... But not with City. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously there's two bold geniuses, yeah. managerials in the Premier League.
0: Yeah. I was
2: just hoping Lewis's Sean Dice impression would come out. Um, mm. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you could bre- just have Lewis managing Man City but pretending to be Sean Dice. Yeah, I'm
1: not doing any voices and I'm not going to eat a can of worms, which I think he got found out to have. Oh, there's there's some rumour going around that Sean Daj at some worms. Yeah. Isn't it? Really?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, if you, if you do change your mind on the impression impressionist, mm-hmm. do let us know. 'cause I'm sure it would be a hit with everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would get it to the great man himself. Um But have you got anything to add on this matter? Uh I
3: think Klopp would do better with lower league teams than Pep. Um I think Pep would get very frustrated lose very patience, fast. wouldn't he, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of I think I think Pep puts more emphasis on tactics and technique and Klopp puts more emphasis on sort of motivation and that high pressing fast paced game which I think you can get you could get any premiership side to play not as effectively as Liverpool but I think you could you could transfer that across I don't think that there are many Sides in the Premier League at all, or squads of players who you could get playing the same football that Pep's got City yeah. playing.
0: I think the thing with Klopp as well is I think he would, he wouldn't go to Burnley and try and high press if he didn't think the players were there. He just, yeah. you know, he'd, I think he would just adapt and, and and do it that way. I think it's interesting this question at the moment actually because we have got a couple of examples that aren't maybe as high profile as is being suggested here. But Pellegrini's at West Ham. He's won, yep. you know, he's managed Real Madrid. He's won the Premier League with City. Benitez at Newcastle. He's won the Champions League with Liverpool. He's also managed Real Madrid, um, being at Chelsea, and Benitez has, you know, generally um, widespread plaudits for what he's doing at Newcastle with quite a. The red bear squad, in many ways, you know, there's not a huge amount of quality there, yet he's continually managing to kind of punch above the level there are even with all the background stuff that's going on at the club. So, I think they're perhaps examples that you know similar things can be done. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting point. Moving on from that, uh, the relegation battle is really hot, it's hotting up in the Premier League. Um, Huddersfield, I don't think we can make much of a case for them at all uh, Fulham who were, who were just above them I think Huddersfield are on 11 at the bottom and, and Fulham are on on 17 just off the top of my head and then there's Southampton above on 24 and then it's all very tight for that final relegation spot I just want to touch on those two that look likely to go down at the moment um, Huddersfield I mean people have even been saying that they can't really see where the next point's coming from which maybe a little bit harsh, but there's certainly the evidence to back it up. Fulham, I really want to do well. I want Fulham to stay up, and we were talking about this before, about how it maybe would be possible if they get a couple of, of wins together. Barney, what do, you, what do you think? Who do you think will potentially be joining, or well, maybe not joining Cull if they go up, but joining Cull in the Championship next season? Um,
3: I think my pick is probably Brighton. But having said that, they're actually in quite a good position to keep themselves up in their run of fixtures. They play quite a lot of the lower teams as well. But there's some. I mean, with um, I can I, I think I think Palace have got more than enough quality to stay up. I think I think Burnley have got enough grit to stay up. Um, I think New. I think Benitez will keep Newcastle up. I think that um, as we were discussing, Lou. I think that the Salah stuff at Cardiff actually will have such an impact as to sort of bring them together and um, sort of create a bit of a back backs against the wall mentality. Um, and. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe Southampton as well. I'd say maybe between Southampton and Brighton for me. And I think do they they so play each other soon as well? I think
2: Southampton play Fulham in a few weeks, Right. but they probably maybe have got to play true. each other yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the matter, Catherine? Who do you, th- you think is going down that trapdoor? Well, as
2: a as someone that's very experienced with the Premier Le- League relegation battle. Um, I think, like you say, Fulham, they, they have got still got a chance, but they need to start winning games soon. Um, they've not got long to start putting that run together. When you look at where Hull were with Marco Silva when we started winning games, it was around this sort of time that we really went on a good run to give ourselves a chance. And like I say, I think the time's running out for them. I think Huddersfield have gone as well. Um, that third spot, I'd probably agree with Barney. I think it's probably between Brighton and Southampton, and it's going to be a case of... Goal scorers, really. You look at my, my problem with Brighton is a lot of. I think is Glenn Murray still their top scorer? He is. Yeah. Um, and he's you know, you you don't look at Glenn Murray and think he's going to score regularly in the in the Premier League. Um, I don't think he's got loads of goals. Their goals seem to be quite spread out, and they're also they don't score a lot either. Southampton again, Charlie Austin, Danny Ings haven't scored many this season. I know Danny Ings have been injured as well. Um, I just don't feel. Southampton—they seem to have spent money on players that, you know, they've not really done an awful lot since they've signed. Um, I think Cardiff. I think like Burnley will be alright. I think it could be between Cardiff is still going to be in there, but I I, I really hope they stay up. And I think if Neil Warnock keeps Cardiff up, he should get manager of the year. I'm just saying, putting that out there early on.
0: Certainly, yeah. an I don't think he will, but only gives an excuse to watch that documentary again on Neil warner which is magnificent mm. i would like to watch that yeah. more frequently than i do and i do watch it frequently uh, lewis who do you think gonna go um
1: i think i'm just looking at brighton's fixtures and I, i've i've concluded that they will be safe um and that's on their home form in the next five games this is not including this weekend's FA Cup game against Derby they play Huddersfield Cardiff and Southampton at home as well as Crystal Palace away which is a Derby and I think they won early in the season in that game so I think they will be safe they've got a very good defence with Duncan Duffy and Matty Ryan in goal um, Burnley I think Burnley may slip back in there I don't know why I think they're on a good run at the moment they've got some good strikers and they always look like they could get a goal Newcastle they've, they've brought some good players in but I I always think Rafa is too good to get relegated. Although, uh, I really don't. I really can't call it. I think s- Cardiff may slip in on the last sort of week or two.
0: I think Cardiff are going. I do.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't want them to because, like we've said, I really took a warming to Neil Warnock and Cardiff in general mm. in the last couple of weeks. Okay. Short sure, of yeah. celebrations at Southampton at the weekend, Solbamber in the the crowd. Uh, but so I, I would like them to stay up, which. I would have never saw myself saying three or four months ago, but yeah, I would like them to stay up. Um, but I don't think it'll happen. I think Southampton and Brighton, Burnley and Newcastle just
0: got a bit too much
2: Burnley got quite yeah. a tough running, I think, looking. I think they've got to play um, quite a few of the top six.
0: And you were saying, Lewis, about how the you know, a few weeks ago if you'd have said that about Cardiff, you would have kind of scoffed at the notion that they would be, you know staying safe and playing in the Premier League next year. Maybe that offers a bit of encouragement for Fulham as well. Yeah,
1: well, Fulham, I sort of did like a, a Premier League preview sort of piece at the start of the season. I I had to pick each team and where they were going to finish. I think I had Fulham around 11th or 12th. I thought they were going to be fine. And I think Mitrovic, with Mitrovic, you've got maybe one of the best strikers outside of the top six. Uh, and I think if they do go down, he will get a good move next summer. Um, so I don't know what their fixtures are looking like. I'll just do a quick uh, Google search. Um, but I think, I don't know. They, I think they sacked Jukanovic a bit too early. Uh, they play uh, West Ham away, Southampton away, Chelsea at home, Leicester away. I can't really see them getting more than one win in that in that run. Uh, especially in, with all them away games and then Chelsea at home and then Liverpool at home after that and then City at home I, I yeah, I, I don't think they'll do it for them I'm afraid
3: I thought Ranieri was a bit of a naive appointment yeah. as well for a club desperately trying to stay up and, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I know, I know I know he did
3: it at Leicester and when he went to Leicester everyone said then that it was a not very good appointment so I think people were particularly wary to make that mistake again but I mean looking at it, if you're a team that needs to stave off relegation i don't think Ranieri is really mm. the man to do that i
2: think he fitted the style of football they wanted to play more because they couldn't have really got in a Sam Allardyce where mm-hmm. or like a you know a classic manager who's yeah been yeah. there done it because they've not really got the players that would fit with Sam Allardyce's style of football um same with like if they went for like a Tony Pulis which i think made it difficult for them which I think Lee's made a good point about sacking Ikanovic kind of too early. Maybe sticking with your manager yeah. sometimes pays off. Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, we've got another question as well, which comes from another regular question contributor, uh, Alex Alton, who asks us, "Who does the panel think will be England's best player in ten years' time?" Uh, which is exactly the kind of fantastic Crystal Ball type question that we love, isn't it, Barney? Um, yes, <laughs> um, I'm. I- we were discussing this earlier.
3: We were saying it's it's difficult to predict in ten years out of the players that are sort of twenty now, twenty one now. Cause they'll all probably be a bit past their peak. Um, I think. I, I think I'm actually going to say Phil Foden for this one. I think um, I don't think we've seen in any way. The best of him yet, and I think, um, yeah, I think I think he's going to develop into a very good player. I think um, that having Pep for the next few years is good for that sort of player, and I think he could develop into something pretty special.
0: Yeah, excellent, Uh, Catherine. What's your crystal ball saying?
2: Yeah, it's difficult thinking ten years because how old is Phil Foden? Is he eighteen? I think he's eighteen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. does he?
1: Yeah. had a kid uh, last week. Nice.
2: Well, that's Mm. making me feel old. Um, Sancho, is he 18 as well? Yeah, he could be 19, 19. but they're all
1: teenagers. Do think he's 18? Any kids for Sancho? Not yet, I don't think. Um, (coughs) Forgetting your passport, I don't think you're ready to be a father. Um, uh, Is that the test? Does it (laughs) lose? I don't know, because I always get to the airport, and even though I triple checked, I've got my passport, I always do have a bit of a panic
0: if I can't find it um, in my sure, bag, that's the way to do it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I should tell
2: Sancho clearly. Um, yeah, Sancho, I know we mentioned earlier Mason Mount. Um, he, I think he's eighteen, 19, he might be nineteen actually, or twenty. He might even mm-hmm. be twenty. Um, so maybe by ten years, he might be sort of coming towards nearer the end. But I think he next five, six years is going to be a, a good player for him. My,
3: my worry with Mason Mount is just being at Chelsea.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, Mm. Yeah,
1: and there's another player at Chelsea, Hudson-Odoi, who we've not mentioned, who, like Foden, we haven't seen enough of to judge. Uh, But I watched uh, City play Chelsea in the Youth FA Cup, I think it was, last two seasons ago. They played them the year before as well, and Foden and Hudson-Odoi were the best players on the day. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though, because if you'd asked me 10 years ago... Well, if you asked me now who are England's best three players, it would be... Kane, Sterling, and then maybe, I don't know, Rashford or uh, Stones or someone like that. And we hadn't heard of any of them 10 years ago. So it could be someone we'd never heard of. So I'm just going to make a name up and say mine will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, so many to choose. Trevor Johnson <laughs> Stevenson or something like that. There's a lot of Trevors yeah, going around. Is that my yeah. son? <laughs> It could be, yeah, it could be, <laughs> <laughs> well, be very strange because he'd only be ten. And yeah, I think I
0: think got married over uh, <laughs> the week. You know, child could be on, on the way. Yeah. Now um, I think um, I think Rashford personally, um, he's shown promising signs of you know being able to kind of add things to his locker. Which if he can continue doing that, he'll be thirty-one. He could be kind of an out-and-out striker, um, maybe. Ryan Sessegnon I want him to be good and he's the kind of age you know where but I I, know. I think he will not quite
3: make the yeah. sort of billing Sorry. that he's had personally and I don't have loads to base that on really no. but that's my gut yeah. instinct oh, well, I had people.
2: him in his back pocket last season which says a lot to me yeah
0: <laughs> had good boots though yeah he yeah. good, good boots yeah 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 um Brilliant! I think that that just about does us for today. What what we got going on for the rest of the day? Um, Lewis got a story about Gordon Banks. That he wants to tell us. Well, no, no. I was
1: just I haven't re- I don't really have a burning desire to tell the story. I just know, obviously, Gordon Banks uh, passed away yesterday. Very sad day for uh, England football. Obviously, Indeed. Um Yeah, I'd, I've met him a couple of times. I've served him in in the pub that I do a few part time shifts at. Uh, numerous times, um, he has fish. But he has a small fish and chips, uh, but he always swaps the mushy peas for garden peas, and he always asks for an extra tartar sauce. Uh, and he has a he has a pint of lime and soda. Um, he's a very nice fella. Um, at the first time I saw him, we we sort of had a mutual. He knew that I was looking at him, and I was thinking that's uh, what's his name, Gordon Banks. But I, I didn't want to go up to him like, "You're Gordon Banks, aren't you? And um, I, I always get him and Peter Shilton mixed up for some strange reason. Yeah. Um, both England goalkeepers. Yeah. So I didn't down. want to go and the both played for Stoke, I think, yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. But it was a bit of like he could see me looking at him, and he knew that I knew that he was the guy that saved that shot against Pele, and did a lot of other good things as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a very sad day for English football.
0: It is. Yeah. It's a very interesting story, though. Um, what are we up to for the rest of the day, Barney? What you got planned? Um, I have a seminar, right.
3: which I'm Fantastic. very excited to attend. Right.
0: Maybe that's why he's been in such a mood all, all mm.
3: podcast. Well, yeah, I just want to be preparing for that. Really, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, dragged yeah. me in. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry.
0: Hopefully, I'll now allow you to go and Thank prepare you. for that. Yeah, I'm going to get some lunch as well. That sounds nice, Catherine. Mm. What are you up to?
2: very little um, mm. nothing particularly planned I'll probably have a coffee in the afternoon which will probably be the highlight of my uh, I was going to say my that's day good. but obviously this is the highlight of my yeah, day yeah. so yeah, I'll
0: highlight yeah, yeah. my afternoon <laughs> yeah. I very much like the idea of basing <laughs> one's day around coffee mm. I think
2: that's that I am the type of person that does that yeah,
0: what uh, are you doing for the rest
1: of the day Andrew?
0: Drink. To you, yeah. I'll probably be drinking some coffee um, I'd quite like to go for a run but yeah, I, I kind of tweaked my knee yesterday when we were playing football so I'm not sure whether that will materialise I'll well, be editing the podcast, getting it up as quickly as possible um, What about you, Lewis? Uh, I'll be going
1: home, having some lunch and maybe also going for a run I didn't tweak my, run, uh, tweak my knee last night so I'll be in full fitness to go for a small run Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll
0: get on your back and you can carry me along
1: yeah, it could, so, could um, work, something like that. And then I might write a piece for the website.
0: Yeah, about that or about something else. About yeah. that, or
1: maybe Angel in Maria. I'll see what t- tickles my fancy.
0: Very nice. Uh, thank you very much, Lewis. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. And thank you, Barney. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Zio, listener. Um, please do leave us some nice feedback and give us a rating on Apple Podcast. Thank you very much and see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>